You're listening to Beyond the Plate with Andrew Kaplan. That sounds so weird. You're listening to Beyond the Plate with Cappy. We dropped the lunch menu, we dropped the dinner menu, and we used our 9 o'clock menu, was a late night menu. The late night menu was geared to kids that were high, that were, you know, on dope. Hey everyone, this is Cappy, and you're listening to Just the Plate, a production of Beyond the Plate. Just the Plate is a short segment where chefs describe a recipe sharing insider tips and tricks on what makes this their favorite dish. Today, you are going to hear from a restaurateur, Rich Melman of Let Us Entertain You. If you missed last week's episode with Rich, please be sure to check that one out. Let Us Entertain You currently has over 125 restaurants coast to coast. They're a Chicago-based company. They've had over 200 concepts to date. Now, what recipe is a restaurateur going to break down, you may ask? That is a very good question. Melman's actually going to be dissecting the original menu from the first restaurant he ever opened in 1971 called R.J. Grunts, which you may have heard of if you listened to the last episode or if you've been there when you've come through Chicago. He opened this restaurant with the late Jerry Orzov. It is still open today, and they originally opened it to be a, quote, hip burger joint. So for this, we literally stood in the hallway of Lettuce's corporate headquarters in front of the framed menu, which was pretty awesome to watch Rich look at this menu and tell these stories dating back 46 years or so. And I'll tell you this, when I shut off my audio recorder, he continued to talk, which was my mistake, but he turned to me and said, I believe RJ Grunts was the most influential restaurant we've ever opened. So I'll leave you with that and I'll stop talking, but get hungry and go to RJ Grunts and have a burger. My name is Rich Melman. I am the founder of Let Us Entertain You and I am sitting in front of a framed version of our original RJ Grunts menu from 1971. And the cover of it, it's sort of funny. Grunts, RJ Grunts, who's the character there, even though my partner didn't realize it, I had the artist that did this do his face. I said, but you know, let's disguise it a little bit. And I would say, you know, that it looks a little bit like you. And he'd say, no, it doesn't. And we're both in therapy. Therefore, catering to neurotic compensation of eating was uh, what we used to always joke about. The menu was very straightforward for about a few weeks. We started changing this and then eventually... We dropped the lunch menu, we dropped the dinner menu, and we used our nine o'clock menu, was a late night menu. And the late night menu was geared to kids that were high, that were, you know, on dope, you know, on grass. And we had the big salad bar, did all the things that I knew how to cook. The menu was very small. It, it just, I was sort of the chef. And so it were just things that I could cook. You'd see, you know, you, you got your salad and appetizers off the bar, and then you picked your entree. We had a chop steak and a special chop steak and a steak at a skewer and duck. I worked at a place and made a mistake one time and dropped a duck into the fryer. And I said, oh, I ruined it because I thought it was supposed to be baked off at this. I was in the kitchen helping to run the kitchen. I wasn't the only guy running the kitchen. So it's in the fryer for about half a minute, three quarters of a minute. And I finally pulled it out with some tongs from the fryer and I let it sit there. And I said, well, I ruined it. So I took a taste of it. I said, Jesus, it's great. And so it was real crispy and wonderful. I said, well, 
let's put duck on the menu. I mean, it made no sense. I put liver steak on because I had a good recipe for liver. Soup, that was a meal in itself, and I knew how to do that. And then we have the organic dinner of the day. We had organic dinner of the day and a microbiotic dinner of the day. Yeah, I mean, people have a hard time believing that, that we had organic stuff. I mean, we had like organic turkey and organic hot dogs and who in the hell knows. So I'm like 20 years old and myself and a dear friend of mine, we had this big idea that we're going to be big businessmen. And he sold his sports car and got about $3,000, $3,200. And I had a couple hundred bucks. We said, we're going to back inventors. And we put an ad in the Tribune, inventions wanted will finance. And we took off a post office box. And like 10 days later, we go back to the post office box and it's loaded. I mean, loaded with letters. There must have been 150, 200 of them. And we were like going crazy. So we go through all these letters. We bring it down to like two people that we thought, you know, we like how they sound. We like some of the ideas they're talking about and so forth. And then we met one. We picked one and we met with them. And we went to a restaurant downtown, Toffinetti's, or one of those places for lunch. Myself, my partner Bruce, and this guy that was the inventor. So we meet this guy at the restaurant downtown, and I ordered spaghetti and meat sauce and mashed potatoes and gravy. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And he looks at me and he starts giving me a big lecture about how could I eat like this? It's not well balanced and it's not healthy and white breads and shit. You know, the pasta wasn't made with good flowers and whatever it might be. I mean, I'm 20 years old. I think he's stupid. You know, I think he's nuts. So he brings his own food. And during the course of that day and days that followed, he was a middle manager at the post office. And he says to me, the reason he wants to get his inventions out there in the world is he wants to quit the post office and dedicate his life to writing about food and health. I mean, this is 54 years ago, 55 years ago. I didn't know about anything like this. And I thought he was goofy, but I was intrigued by it. And he started taking me to all these health food places. And they were like dirty, bad places. It wasn't like Whole Foods today, but I got really into it. And that was where all this stuff came from. In fact, it was funny. There's a thing here. We we did potato skins. And I, maybe there were people ahead of us. I don't know that did it. And the reason we did potato skins is my brother read a story of about a Navy ship that was suffering from scurvy or something like that. And one of the doctors on the ship said, I think we're throwing out the thing that they need to be eating to combat the scurvy or whatever the hell it was, some nutritional thing that they were missing. And it was potato skins. So we started experimenting with potato skins and did them really interesting ways. And a lot of the bears used to come in I got to be friendly with one of the bears, and he wound up living with my mom. We, we've developed a really wonderful relationship. His name was Wayne Mass. The bears would come in, and they would put all these oils and different you know, nutrient things on the potato skins, and it got to be a really popular thing. I didn't know of anybody doing it before we did it, but who knows? I mean, I don't know. You know, everybody says we created the salad bar. Well, I read about a salad bar in Hawaii, but I never read about potato skins. Yeah. So that was it. And then we had, you know, Dungeness crab and steamed shrimp and frog legs and gumbo and stuff and dessert was 17 cents and that was it. You know, that was the whole thing. And like I said, the menu was good, but the one that people went crazy for was the nine o'clock menu, the one that was geared to kids that were high. And so literally... 
We said, hell with it. We're just going to go with that menu. But it was fun. So the burger was the main thing that I wanted. And I went through so many of the details. I mean, I tried six, seven different cuts of meat and different companies to deal with. And I finally settled on this little butcher, Seymour. And Seymour would deliver six days a week. And if I needed on Sunday, he would go down and grind up some hamburger for me. I remember I was obsessive about the mustard. And we wound up with what I thought was the perfect mustard for the burger, this Dusseldorf mustard. And I remember saying to people, today people want their burgers well done. The burger, if you want to try this burger, you have it rare, medium rare, with, to me, a cheddar burger, medium rare. And I put a little mustard on the burger and I put the ketchup on the side for the chips, you know, the cottage fries. You know, I thought it was a great burger. That one in the grunt burger with the blue cheese and the onions, those are my favorites. And it was, I thought the burger, which was about 50% of our sales after the first month was the thing that really propelled us. And it was $1.50. And it's funny when people say, well, how much, what's happened with inflation, how prices have gone up? So I say, well, so today, if we charge, uh, let's see, $1.50 times 10 would be 10, 11, 12, 50. That's about right for burgers. So I say, well, prices have gone up 10 times. That's my rule of thumb sort of with that. And it was a wild place. I mean, the first couple of months, there was nothing going on. We have a few people a day. But after that, it really got crazy. And it was the busiest restaurant that I've ever had. I mean, this is like, say, the third month on. We'd open up at 11.30 and 11.45, there'd be a line. And four days a week, there'd be a line all day. Three in the afternoon, two in the afternoon, four o'clock, 11.30 at night, till we closed, there'd be a line. It was wild. I really went through a lot of trial and tribulation for the perfect you know, broiler for the burger. And we had it for literally, it's it's 46 years. I bet we had it for 32 years. And we had a fire in the kitchen and it burned up the grill. It was a charcoal grill. And I was like heartbroken. I said, you got to put it back together. And they put it back together and it wasn't quite right. And then I got a new one like that. And it never was as good as the original one. I think it was because of all the grease and everything that was in it. The burger always tasted better the first 32 years to me. But it's still real good. But you got to have it, you know, on the rare side. You can find more on Rich Melman and Let Us Entertain You at leye.com. This episode was produced by Ian Cohen, Joe Yeaton, and me. Thank you all. You can find me and keep up to date with this podcast across all social media platforms at On Cappy's Plate or go to www.beyondtheplatepodcast.com. We are also on Twitter and Facebook. Twitter at BT Plate Podcast or Facebook. We have a page, Beyond the Plate Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on the choice. All ratings and reviews and subscriptions greatly help us. Thank you so much. And once again, thanks for listening to Just the Plate, a production of Beyond the Plate. I'm Kathy.